and we were going up this thing called Devil's Reach, which is a really scrambly, rocky, you know, you sort of, you know, go one meter left or one meter right, you're dead, that sort of reach line. And I remember going up and going, this is the worst, like, what are we doing? I, I hate this, I'd turn back if I wasn't 35 k's in. And then I came across this, you know, this group of 40 pensioners who were just walking up it. <laughs> so I punched myself, pulled myself together and kept going. But um, yeah, I mean, they're out there and enjoying it. And yeah, they're, they're a pretty hardy bunch. everyone that was john ellis i'm matt raymond i'm eugene bingham and this is dirt church radio interesting conversations with interesting runners spring energy i hate how you constrain me <laughs> what's like a caged bird hey if you want to talk without recording it that's okay fine i do my best work off line but spring energy there's a package of Spring Energy that, thanks to New Zealand Post, has been winging its way between Rosedale and South Auckland for the last three weeks. Not my house, it's just been going between those depots. Apparently it's coming on Wednesday. And it's filled with That's exciting. wolf packs and Karagacha coffee, which have been really great to sustain me over the last week of furious activity with Riverhead Rampage. However, it's not to be. I'm really excited to be able to eat the, try the wolf pack and it looks really nice with all the real food in it. And It is really nice. Yeah. I used yeah. To. But it's I guess really I, nice. I'll never know. Well, you will. You'll get there. Just try and stick stick to the plan. I'm going to panic buy some more. Panic buy, yeah. I might panic buy the rest of it actually. Seems to be the theme. Mm. If you use the code DCR Spring, And it's good to see people who do use it. Yeah, do use it. Yeah. Do use it. It works. Uh, yeah. 10% off any of the Spring Energy products, and they're delicious. You should use them. MySpringEnergy.co.in Scott Running have sponsored us from in various guises uh, uh, since day one of this podcast. Almost, almost day like minus. Yeah, day minus. Day T minus, minus 20 or something. Three. We've got some really exciting news coming up. Have they? Yeah, and I... You haven't even told me this. He wouldn't answer his phone, so I couldn't confirm it, but stay tuned for some exciting news. Oh. Scott running. But, gosh, we've got Lily Raymond, who's super angry that we stopped doing the Scott ads with her, so... Yeah. If, you, if you'd rather hear Lily doing these ads, let us know. Yeah. But if you want some fantastic running... Yes. Apparel and gear and poles and packs. Go to scottrunning.nz to check out their amazing line of off-road and on-road shoes. Scottrunning. They, they care about all terrains, all distances, like we do. Yep. Ditch Radio. Episode eighty-four. Yeah, we made it. We did. Some of us a year older than last week. Some of us married a year longer. Than that's that's true. That's true. I don't understand the maths, but that's true. We are recording on an auspicious day. It is my birthday and my wedding anniversary. wedding anniversary. So there you go. Mm. There you go. We've got a cake. Yep. If you hear a smoke alarm going. That's right. Yeah. 43 anyway. candles on it. That's right. It's a lot. That's not. It's not as many as 47. Uh, John Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. He basically has been running in Hong Kong and Asia. Mm-hmm. Holding it together as you get, uh, what at the moment, older. 
Yeah. Um, we talked to him about about how he's sustaining his running um, and uh, amazingly doing incredibly well. Um, coping with grief. Yeah. Uh, coping with coronavirus. Yes. There's a hell of a lot covered in this conversation. Coping with social unrest. Coping with social unrest. And yep. living in a city which is you know, thousands of years old that is – it is a real crucible, isn't it? Yeah, it in, is. In the juxtaposition yeah. of urban and trails and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, covered with um, trails. Mm. Really exciting chat with him. Yeah. But we'll get to that. We will. We bit. will. Seriously, have we yeah. ever had as much feedback as we had after last week's show? Do you know, I don't think we've ever had as many men get in contact with us. True. True. Yeah. So, so in case you missed it, we chatted to Scotty Stevenson and he opened up. And people responded. Um, and, you know, we got lots of messages. Scotty got lots of messages. Um, you know, there was a lot of chat on social media. So, yeah, keep talking. Yeah, keep, keep talking. talking about men's health and keep, to- mm. or keep talking about health general in general. Health. But, yeah. you know, men do need a bit of an uppercut, as it were, yeah. to, to talk about Good some up. of yeah, this like, stuff. Yeah, like, how you going? And I was... Good. thanks. I mean, I, I was unsure what to expect because, yeah. you know, you see Scotty on the TV and hear him on the radio and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, what a fantastic I, – I wasn't expecting that. I'm not sure what I was expecting. Mm. Not to be like – you know, not to no, be derisive, no, no. but, you know, huh. it was it, fantastic. It went in a direction that we weren't we didn't expect. That's and right. so that's, yeah, down to Scotty's – Perspicacity. Uh, perspicacity, yes, indeed, yeah. This week's – this week's word of the week. Um, RivRam 2020 is done. It's the seventh done. year that yes. you've been involved with organising the damn race. Yep. That's tiring stuff. Yes. How you, how are you coping? I'm wrecked. Uh, mm. No, uh, yeah, so we had 630 yeah. people through. How does that compare? It's the most we've ever had. And wow. I think because the weather was so good, was the most like out, like out people, to everyone turned up. Yep. Pretty much. So how yep. it goes is, and how it goes with races in general, especially smaller, quote unquote, distance-wise races, people will, and it's a cheap race, so people will sure put their put their name down, and then if yep. they don't feel like it, they, they go out for a drink on Friday night. Yep. They don't feel like getting up on Saturday morning. That's right. Mm. So Riverhead Rampage is in Northwest Auckland. It's got a twenty-one, a ten, and a five to raise money for the local school. We'll talk results later. Yeah, but, but it was a cracker. You know, it was a dry course, big turnout. Yeah. We tail in Charlie did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. We 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 second year in a row we we, yep. we did the tail end and it yeah. was that was good fun. Yeah. Um it was good fun. And uh yeah, people people were having a good time yeah. out there. Mm. Good a good crew. And Scotty Stevenson and turned up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we'll talk about the results in whole later on, but you know, special mention. Yeah. Oof. He laid it down like a local. Yeah, he did. 2.13. Yeah. Or there or thereabouts, yeah. which is a fantastic effort. And yeah. I must admit, I had the first time ever a real sense of like, ah, oh, f- FOMO. Like I really right. wanted to be out Racing. there. Because yeah, you're did. so fit. No, well, no, I don't, well, think, it, I don't think it's the f- – maybe it is a bit of the fitness. Maybe it's the fact that I haven't had a race for a while. Maybe it's the fact that lots of our friends were doing it. Yeah, that's and true. And I just really – had that sense, and it's ridiculous because a, you know, you need to keep your. S- Does that explain the start? No, like, that explained like, the start was. So, I, we set off like, uh, I I was seriously going. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep this up. Yeah, no. So what happened at the start is I gave the race, the five k race briefing. We'd already sent the, uh, the, the half marathon. Half marathon had started at nine, so and we 9. waited because there's no point going straight away. No, 
if you're tailing Charlie. So we waited sort of 15 minutes. And then as I had finished the race briefing, I was reminded at just For like the 10K. cold yeah. water down the back of my neck that we had to get into the forest about a kilometre into the forest and change a bit of tape, like a junction. So because the 21K would have gone through and then yeah. we had to change a bit of tape. And basically I just – We took off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Eugene, we've got to go. And it was a sprint yeah. for the first K and, um, yeah, my not quite recovered legs oh, were um, I was screaming. aware of that. We were screaming. Oh. But it was good fun. I loved it. And um, it was good to be back out. Yeah. On Riverhead Trails, yeah. So basically it's for you, it's one down, one to go, less than a month until Riverhead Relapse. Yes, less than a month until Riverhead Relapse, yeah. which is a different beast. In totally the different that beast. I am, but also that we're kind of not hired help, but um, it's not, we're part of a sure. larger. Yeah. yeah, so it's a lactic turkey event. L- lactic turkey event that we're yeah. collaborating with. And, and basically we've been bought, we, we, we're on board to, with Madeline, manage the event on the at the time because sure. Sean is competing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yes, but that's uh, the last person standing event uh, coming up at the beginning of April. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, you know, you, I, yeah, I did want to talk to you about okay. coping, with, coping with being so busy and dealing with people's demands as a race director. Right. Like I just – like I noticed, for instance, people coming up to you with random queries. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know what's coming at you as no. a race director, do you? No, and I think, you know, and I, I think to like, you know, I think about Steve Norris, I think about Paul Charteris and Tim Day and all these people who have Phil it. Rossiter. Phil Rossiter, like far more people yeah. asking questions than, um, than happens with me. But I think this year how I've coped with it is A, working Monday to Friday, sorry to bang on about it, is yep. been incredible. No, so you're not banging on about it. Uh, probably being treated, so having had a chronic illness, mm. being treated and not fighting a low-grade lung infection the whole time has been yep. really helpful. Um, uh, you know, the lifestyle changes that go along with that, you know, uh, I haven't, I might as well say now I haven't had any alcohol since October. Uh, that's been really helpful in terms of getting up and because I'm on medication, getting up, yep. and getting going, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, Train it, fitness, yeah. So, yeah. so in that space, yeah, I'm sitting here before you, feeling really well. Um, but in terms of coping with questions and stuff, I worked out really quickly that when I got back to the school on the Saturday morning, and everyone else is set up like everyone's working their processes that sounds really anodyne but it's true everyone's yep. doing what Got they're the doing jobs. Mm-hmm. i've gone out and done my job my job from the start of the day until race briefing is to shake people's hands and get questions asked mm-hmm. that's my job so mm-hmm. it's not an extra thing sure yeah like my job is to walk around and yep. smile at people. Make sure everyone's happy. Make sure everyone's happy. Yep. That they know where the toilets are and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they realise that absolutely. they need to take water out on calls yeah, and that absolutely. sort of stuff. All that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah. And mm. and it did. It felt this year, I mean, again, it, seven years, it feels it's a long time. Mm. And sometimes you think about, like, do events have a, a shelf life? How long does it go for? All these yeah. questions we ask, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and yeah it was it – was, at times, difficult because everyone's busy, everyone's yeah. got stuff going on, uh, but it was very worthwhile this yeah. year. Well, yeah. Every year's worthwhile, but it, it, yeah, it was it was fantastic, yeah. long story yeah. short. 
Cool. It's good to see a whole family there as well. Yeah, everyone yeah, turned up. The, the kids and yeah, Rebecca obviously is huge. You know, she's on the committee and does a great job and yeah, out on the course as well. Absolutely. And, yeah. Lily ran it. Lily ran the five k. Yeah. yeah. So she was she was great. Thinking about seven years, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, our kids mm. were... They've grown up with River Ram. They've grown up with River Ram. Mm. Absolutely. There you go. All right. Yeah, <sighs> I've been enjoying slowly, apart from that little sprint at the start, of <laughs> <laughs> slowly getting back into some regular running, but but still keeping it easy, you know, riding my bike, sleeping in when I feel like it, um, figuring out what next. Yeah, we had some good, and, you know, not everything about our lives and running will be publicised, uh, broadcast, if you will, but we had some really good, chats about where we see things going this yeah. year hey, and about yeah. our own running yeah. futures. and yeah, That's really right. That's right. Figured out we need to win lottos to be able to get around to all the that's races right. that we want to <laughs> run. But, um, yeah, it's it's good. It's good good times. Mm. Hey, don't forget our live show's coming up. I so the first forgetting. one. No, well, not you. I wasn't directing that at you. I hope you don't forget. No. But, but while I mention it, don't forget. I won't. Uh, first is Thursday, March 19, 6.30 for a 7 o'clock start at Sports Lab premises in Grafton, which is in Auckland. So Sports Lab is a multidisciplinary clinic um, with physios, um, podiatrists, all sorts of people who are experts in their field. And we're lucky enough to gonna have three of them, uh, Hannah Seraki, Vaughan Craddock and Luke McCallum, uh, coming along to chat about with us mm. about injury prevention, shoe selections, physiology of endurance running, differences of trail to road running, and how they work together and how they're different. Uh, recovery, uh, you know, and we're also going to open up on social media to give you a chance to ask, you know, send in some questions basically mm. if there's anything you want to put to those experts. So we'll have the live show. You can come along. We'll also record it as a podcast because I think there'll be a Hell of a lot of knowledge in there for people. Mm. Mm. So that's the first one, I, and I'm really interested. I mean, I, you know, we both really interested in this stuff. I know we don't yeah. talk about it too much on Dirt Church Radio because it's such a lot of it out there. But I love talking about that sort of stuff. So yeah. Well, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to nerding out. Yeah. On lots of stuff, you know. Mm. And Andrew hey, McDowell will be there. He will be. Uh, as ever. And he's also going to be at the Lazarus Lake event. Yep. Yep. Doing our sound, he's, so we thank him for that. We owe him so much. Not so much jingles. We will be spending... What's it take? Uh, don't do it. We'll be spending an evening oh, with Lazarus no, Lake it. on Thursday the April... <laughs> you've thrown me. Thursday, oh. April the 2nd at the Volkswagen showroom in Universal Drive in Henderson. So you check the show notes uh, of this episode for details and you can purchase tickets for a very reasonable 20 bucks uh, through the Lactic Turkey homepage. All proceeds from this go towards offsetting lasers. Um travel cost yep. so what we'll do we'll do an hour of conversation with the man himself and then open it up for a q a um and again if you want some we'll, we'll be taking some live questions but if you want any any questions asked of the man send it to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com and yeah this is one this is this this one feels real special hell yeah 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 we're very very privileged and slightly terrified anyway Patreon is a way you can support us. Yep. Um, and we're always blown away by people who do chip in and support us. Yep. We don't expect it. No. You know, if you want to, you can. It's there. You can find us. We're at patreon.com slash dirtchurchradio. And, I mean, yeah, if you like a cup of coffee a month 
would help us to do things that are outside our reach at the moment, yep. like buying audio equipment to improve our sound quality, getting us to more races to interview people and just helping. We've got some sweet, sweet merch coming down the pipe. Um, yeah, keep, help us to keep the lights on. Right, following on from our you don't have to run an ultra to be a runner theme last week, can we just say, for the record, in case there's any confusion, although we're called Dirt Church Radio and we talk a lot about trail running, we are down with any kind of running. And we enjoy any kind we of enjoy, running. We participate in any kind of running. Any distance, any surface. If you're running, you're a runner. We're not into segmenting fractions of communities. You know, We're about bringing runners together. So we embrace it all. You know, In the last few weeks, we've talked about mountain ultra races. Park runs. Shorter trail races. 21Ks. Road marathons. Track events. Other ones. Other things, yeah. So is everybody clear? I don't mind. In fact, my favourite run at the moment starts on road from my door. It's like 3K of road. Yeah. 3K of gravel. Then about 2K of trail and then a K of road to finish. And it's mm. my favourite run. Yeah. It's a good metaphor, I think. That's right. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Okay. Yeah. All right. If you're running, you're a runner. We don't care what you're running on. Right. Races. Races. Yes. Better get back to some trail trail chat here, mate. That's right. (laughs) Dry conditions. So dry. Yeah. Riverhead Rampage. Slightly different course. Well, it was 21K. It was. People absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Yeah. So first up in the women's, Tina White. Yeah. Local runner who's just been snatching Strava crowns all over the forest all summer long and she topped it off with a win in the 21k mm. Mm. she yeah she looked really strong didn't she was, she she's is amazing. really strong she's an amazing, <laughs> she's an amazing human being yeah so Tina White with a win in 214.48 and Kerry Ash second in 215.11 and third was Joanna Cumberland in 217.22 so three minutes between those yeah people. Wow. that was an amazing that's race that's a great race yeah in the men's, yeah. three peat for Tom Hunt. Yep, third time, one thirty-seven nineteen, which is insanely Ooh, good over so that hot. course. Yeah, really hot. That is a good. That's a solid nudge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Caleb Pearson second in one thirty-eight forty, and Max Thompson in third in one forty-one forty-four. Yeah. Oh. But just a quick way for Greg Basin, who yeah. missed out on the podium by two seconds. That's racing. Looking at the results. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so after the race, we caught up with Tom Hunt for a quick chat about the race, but also some pretty amazing goals he's got over the next few months. So joining us live now, not with his feet up, but after a remarkable run, Tom Hunt, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Very yeah. good. So, I mean, such a dry year, such a massive difference to last year. You must have just had a ball out there by the looks of it. Yeah, you really smash the downhills knowing that you didn't have to worry about falling over. Like, yeah. Just because of the grip. Yeah, just made such a difference, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, what was that? Was sort of more than, or just about 20, or more than 20 minutes, 24 minutes or something faster than last year for you? Yeah, the course was a bit different. But yeah, it was too. Still pretty similar. Yeah. And how, tell us how it unfolded for you. Uh, well, I always like to push pretty hard for the first couple of Ks just to see who kind of bites, see mm-hmm. who holds on. So I did the same thing this year, just pushed the first maybe four or five K. And then I knew Caleb from other races cause he's usually pretty fast. And yep. so when I could hear someone behind me, I was like, oh, that's probably Caleb. And then I 
try not to look behind, but I had a wee look and then here he was. And so I was like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we just, we just kind of had a bit of fun together, like worked together on some of the hills and just ran pretty strong together. It was pretty good day. So So the the two of you, what more or less ran together the whole way around or? Uh, We more or less ran together until about the, I think it's a 12k aid station. Yeah. And then just before that bridge. Yeah. Just before the bridge, so yeah. he stopped for a, a a bit longer of a drink, and yeah. I just like took a bit of a lead there. But he was pretty close, like right on my heels, pretty much the whole way. Yeah. And so I just sort of had to push as hard as I could without dying. <laughs> <laughs> and was it was it a tactical decision to um, cut short the aid station stop, or did you just the way uh, yeah? Because I saw him taking another drink, and so I just thought, oh, I'll just I'll just head off because. Kind of like makes you, I don't know, just try and get the get the upper hand, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But it was pretty early in the race, so yeah, that's. I mean, just um, over halfway, isn't it? So yeah, it was, yeah. It was a bit risky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what he ended up sort of only what, a minute and minute and a half yeah, a or something behind half, you. I think yeah, 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 yeah. So so could you could you sense him behind you at any point? Or? Yeah, you can hear you can hear people and you know from running with them how well they can sort of push things so because i had 12 kilometers previous to sort of sense yeah how his day was going to go so i knew he was fit and knew he was strong so yeah so like, you knew you couldn't just back off and cruise home yeah mm. yeah mm. and so was that how you expected it i mean was the the time about what you expected or was it i was than... thinking it was going to be slower than that probably because yeah previous years yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's an amazing until time. about halfway it was sort of you never really know and then from yeah. halfway i was like oh you could almost get under an hour and a half yeah yeah oh really you thought thought that it could go that deep yeah wow i mean but, it was an amazing year and and yeah to have you running so strongly and and caleb pushing you must have made just for almost like a perfect storm yeah it made a big difference mm, mm. And so was this, how did you approach this race? I mean, you've got some big things coming up. So what was your approach on the morning of the race? Uh, I don't know. I guess I just, I like Riverhead Rampage and so I just like to run it. And so I just thought I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How many victories is that now? Uh, I've got three in a row. Which three in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Of course. Yeah. So uh, it was just a, you just wanted to get amongst it. It wasn't. Yeah. Well, I, you'd, I, it's hard to go. You, it's hard to go into them super confident that you'll win because I feel like that's too much of an ego, and also you have no idea what other people are doing and who's going to show up. So yeah, that's some years thing, it's it? real strong, and then yeah. So and you, you don't know. I might something might go wrong with my race, so I might have a bad day. So yeah, if people ask you going into the race, do you think you'll win it? It's kind of like, well, not I don't know, not like confident, but. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So you, I noticed you in the in the green uh, uh, singlet, and there were or vest, and there were a few of you in those. Tell us yeah. about that particular group. Uh, it's kind of a, like an unofficial running club called yeah. Mangakiki Endurance Club, and so we meet on Tuesday nights at the Domain. Oh, yeah. not the Domain in Cornwall Park. Um, and Michael Hale, who kind of leads the um, club, he puts together all these workouts for all the guys and. We just have a bit of fun together and do a workout or do a long run and um, then show up to races. I think they're all doing the um, 
North Shore Half Marathon, I think, something like that. So they're all been training and working hard towards that. Yeah, Rotorua Marathon, so, yeah. maybe. I know some of them are doing Rotorua. Yeah. And then there's also a half, uh, um, okay. a North Shore Half Marathon or something that they're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So Michael's real awesome. He puts together like the training programs and the runs that we're all going to do, and organizes the group. So he's really cool. What what sort of workouts do you do? Uh, I they do sort of one k reps or one mile reps, or sometimes we do hill climbs and all sorts of things, just yeah. depending on what Mike decides. Just to mix it up, and it's at all yeah. all at Cornwall Park. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. And all is, the surrounding sort of fields and things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and is is Caleb a member too, or goes along yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Caleb, I I haven't been going for a long, super long time. So Caleb was there bef- kind of before I showed up, and then I've seen him a few times, and then he went down to Alex to live down in Alex for oh, okay. two years, and then he's just come back recently. Yep. Yeah. Oh, very good. So a uh, one-two for. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. And so you've got a, uh, quite a few big things on your calendar. Do you want to tell us about those? I do. I got a few things. Yeah. So I signed up. Well, at first, I signed up for relapse. I thought relapse would be great because I did the relay, obviously. Yeah. And I got the solo bug. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I might as well do Northburn as well for some silly reason. Because there's <laughs> only, what, 10 days between them? Because I think it's 11, 10 or 11. <laughs> Well, I had Northwind's just like this big thing, and you know, it seemed like a good idea. Actually, <laughs> Michael that. coined it when I first thought about the idea. Mike, I talked to Michael Hale, and he was like, "Oh, we can, we can, we'll call that the the lobotomy." So it's affectionately known as the lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Uh, yeah. yeah. The removal of the front of my brain. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you. So um, you... I think it'll be good. Lesson in self-management yeah. for me because I'm pretty bad at kind of looking after myself in these long races. In what way? So, what do you mean by that? I just seem probably because I I would just either I go out too hard or I forget to like, a fundamental thing like fueling. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fundamental, yeah. And yeah. so so yeah, um, relapse. So you're in a solo solo effort this year. Solar effort this year. And are yeah. you like going for it? Yeah, I, I well, mean, I don't, we'll I, you see know, don't, what don't play I your hand if you want to keep it you, keep it quiet. But no, I like I like to play my hand from time to time. I will see how it goes after Northburn. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty cool to do two hundred mile races in ten days. Maybe yeah, that's, like that would be pretty cool. That um, would be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, something that I've I've not done. And, yeah. And and so, what about Northburn? Are you are you there to race? Are you there to just finish it, or what are you doing? I probably knowing that I have relapsed, it's probably less of a race and more of a like a like a big training thing, I suppose. Training yeah. effort, but you never know how I feel on the day. I might feel awesome and then really go for it, but likely I won't because it's Northburn. It's Northburn. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll feel good for 50k and then it will just be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> just a crawl, yeah, grind. Yeah. So that's so that so Northburn uh first, then relapse, and then yes. I'm doing the Lake Tahoe 200 mile race. Wow. 
Yeah. So the idea of my the big factor of Northburn relapse was to see if like I could kind of do something sort of massive. Yeah. Prior to Tahoe, because I'd never ever I have no idea what I'm doing with Tahoe. Um, so I wanted to kind of piece together something that would maybe simulate some kind of running with fatigue or, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. So, because I mean, when is when is Tahoe? It's in September. Right. So, yeah, I guess it's hard how, in New Zealand because you... all of our races are here, are yeah. summer here. Yeah. So I couldn't, I can't really do a. Hundred mile race or anything longer before Tahoe? No, so, there's nothing. I mean, well, I suppose, nothing. well, nothing that works. Naseby's August, is it? I think. Yeah, Naseby's too close. Yeah, too, which is too close. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, how do you even train for something like that? Uh, yeah, that is a really good question. <laughs> I am not. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think time on my feet is what it sounds like most people from the race reports and the blogs and things that I've read. Yeah. Uh, time on your feet. Um, a few people have been training to sleep. Um, so going for a run and doing a, having a sleep partway through and then continuing on going just to try and train a bit of sleep management and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like it because it's such a mystery. Yeah. It's. I mean, that, that's the whole challenge of it, isn't it? Just sort of yeah. being able to attack something that's. Yeah, you, there's so much you don't know about, it, I suppose, and 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 about yourself. Yeah. For it. Um, yeah. I mean, you learn so much in each of each of these races. Yeah. Um, you'll know from Tahoe, uh, not from Tahoe. You'll know from Tarawera. Yeah. How much you probably learnt about yourself. Yeah, it's kind of. I was describing to someone the other day. Is it, I feel like at the end of that, I was sort of presented with a puzzle and, and sort of went, yeah. oh, okay, that bit should have actually gone there and if I'd done that slightly differently, then that would have been yeah, like this, that. this outcome might have been a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why Tahoe? Um, I'd seen it since the beginning and I just thought it'd be really cool. Um, so... Um, I've just heard great things, and so I just thought, uh, why not? Just put my name in the lottery. And another, and a friend of mine last year did it, did the first hundred and something miles before yeah. getting quite sick. So he pulled out, and then he was like raving about it. And I was like, well, if, if you're raving so much about it, I'll do it. <laughs> it must be good. Yeah. Yeah. And and so yeah. it is a lottery entry. Yeah, this was the first year there was a lottery. Right. And so I was like, well, I'll just put my name on the lottery and see what happens. Is that thanks to Courtney? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah, doesn't yeah. want to run with her? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, I mean, that's such a fabled story. And yeah. Stuff. Well, it's great for yes. the race and Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. That sort of quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so you hit, how long are you going to spend there beforehand? I'm going over two weeks before the race. Right. Yeah. And so I'm going to help do some... Sorry. Uh, um, leave end of August yeah. and then it's mid-September. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just um, going to do some with the, some of the course marking and just oh, get brilliant. to know some people that are involved in the race. So oh, be really brilliant. 
hopefully get some altitude acclimatization yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just get, yeah, sort of by doing those sorts of things, I guess you get a bit involved in the, yeah. more than just the race itself, but a bit involved in the community. And... Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear how that goes. But first, I can't wait to hear how pulling off 200 mile races or two, at least 100, 100 miles and then one at least 100 miles. Uh, yeah, in I hope days. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of us doing it now that I, sort of the idea's been floated around. Oh, really? You got to, yeah. You've you've recruited a few others, have you? Well, I don't think I have. Rec- I don't think I would do any recruiting. Oh, you're not, ta- you're not taking any responsibility. Think, I'm not taking any responsibility for other people's <laughs> actions. <laughs> oh, yeah. brilliant! All right, well, I can't, we can't wait to hear how you how you get on. And again, congratulations on an incredible time today, and a, and a great race. Yeah, thanks so much. So l- let's make sure we get Tom back on the show for a proper interview once he's back absolutely. from Tahoe. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, just before we move off Riveram, yep. Tom Heath won the 10K in 45.17 and Melanie James was first female in the slick 50.25 in the 5K. Mark Carrier won in 24.31 and drumroll please, Annie Rose Collins was first female in 30.20. That's where we go. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Representing the Collins family, electric turkey Collins, all at once. Fano. Yeah. There you go. So there were a few other races on over the week, yep. uh, including the Tarador Mountain Race, which... There were some pretty spectacular photos. See, I've seen nothing over the last... Yeah, you've been in the You've been in the cave, yeah. But there were some pretty spectacular photos. It looked like amazing weather uh, and a great day. So um, some results. Well, we have to apologise because we did have to extract these from a spreadsheet and we're not the best on spreadsheets. No. But we think these are the results. So Joanne Alleyway... And if I've mispronounced that, I apologise. In six fifteen, yep. Anna Douglas seven twenty, and Alex Zur in seven thirty eight. Sam Hansby won the men open men in five oh seven. Aaron Whiteford five twenty seven, and our good mate Andrew, Andrew Thompson, Thompson. boom, boom five thirty one forty two. But from looking at the spreadsheet that we have in front of us, uh, it looks like Daniel Clendon in the uh, veteran men ran four forty seven. So. Looks like he came first overall. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a spreadsheet. I mean, we're no good with spreadsheets. We're no good with spreadsheets. So we'll have to bring you the, the full results. Like if we've missed that up, we'll bring the proper results next week. Yeah. Yeah. The Teho Tiawa Challenge at 90 Mile Beach, there was a 62-kilometre run down the beach. Um, down the beach? I know. That, oh, just man. that horizon. Yeah. Um, a few people did around the bays. Yep. It's great to see heaps of people out there with Isn't their 100, kids. 100,000. Yeah, it's over a hundred. Is, is it over a hundred thousand? I don't know. Something like that. Bananas. That was on the Sunday in in Auckland. Yeah, uh, great to see heaps of people out there for runs with their kids and the Ironman. <sighs> Topol Ironman mm. and the national track and field champs. Were see, too. we cover everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just mm. a, a shout out to our friend Gene Andrews as yeah. well. Tackling his first Ironman was on track for a twelve thirty finish. Mm. Did it hard. Did it hard. The medical tent during the run. Encouraged to drop out and literally just walked it Stood in. up, got yep. out, got off there. Mm. <sighs> Respect Oof. to you, sir. Totally. Right, offshore was the Trans Grand Canaria. Say that in a hurry. Uh, 128 kilometres on one of the Canary Islands of space, Spain. In space. Not in, not in space. <laughs> that's, that's next year's event. That's the super niche type of running. Eh? It is. Space yeah, ultras, space man. We space cover ultras. all types yep. of running. Yep. Space ultras. Uh, so It'd be really hard. On the moon, it'd be good because the gravity's lesser, but somewhere like Venus. Harder or easier? 
No, the moon would be sick because of the gravity, right? Yeah. But rocky. like there are rocky. Seri- yeah, but you're, you're bouncing dusty. over them, right? True. And if you were also if you were in another planet, how do you get it? You'd have to get a, like quite a big pack. Another to get planet over top of your with a with more gravity, it would be harder. True. Mm. Mm. Anyway, in the Canary Islands of Can Spain, we do, like not a space, moon there were a few notable things happening. Shut me down. I've shut you down. Not least was the return to the podium of Dylan Bowman. Bowman. Oh, always do that. Who basically, since he appeared on the show in episode 18 of November, has been, he's been fallen down. He's what, concussion. Yeah, he's he's yeah. broken his ankle twice. Like crazy injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Caitlin Gerben of the US won the women's race from China's Fan Xiao Zhang and Spain's Azara, Azara Garcia with there was 17 minutes between the three of them. Yeah. Mm. In the men's, there was a tie between UTMP champ Pau Capel and Pablo Vila, both of Spain. Pau's fourth consecutive win with Dylan Bowman working his way up the field to make third place. Yeah. So Dylan, So they came across Ding Dong like... Yeah, oh, holding hands. Beautiful. Yeah. So Dylan had this to say, I needed this one so bad. The self-doubt has been really loud for such a long time. Even this week, I was convinced I was nowhere near ready to deliver a proud performance. The lesson, keep dreaming, believing and showing up even when it's hard on you and you feel like a washed-up fraud. There's a lot more I want to say about this one once I've had time to sleep. For now, Revenge Tour 2020. Yeek. <laughs> he's back and he's angry. Watch out. No, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, he, he did do – he did well at uh, uh, North Face. North Face, yes, he 50. did. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this one, he really felt like he knocked it out of the park. Right. There's some excellent coverage on I Run Far and we'll put a link – to that in our show notes. Hey, before we move on, yeah, did you notice? And there's a backstory to this because we had it explained by Grant guys in a very cozy, like pub in Tiano mm-hmm. about the Fjordland moose. Like yes. we were like, oh, what's this Fjordland moose thing? And he's like, no, well, in the 1800s there was this. And he suddenly got all serious. He got he? very serious, yeah. and, and apparently they let these moose. So basically, what was happening is they were trying to turn. They were hunt. They wanted to hunt things in Fjordland, basically, mm. didn't they? So yep. they transported these moose from Canada to Fjordland. It was in the 1800s. Yeah. Most of the moose died, I think, en route because they're not generally that aquatic. Um, they didn't and, make them swim. No, but you can imagine the, the mm. conditions they travelled in. Yeah. You know, Peter would have had a field day. But, and then they got them there, and I think they let the two or three or four, however many survived, out. And they're like, oh, don't worry, it's a box canyon. They'll never... Oh, and they just ran off. Took so off. They didn't think about. It. Yeah. So there's been this. Apparently, everyone thought they died out, but every now and again, there's sightings. Yeah. And there was another sighting last week. Yeah. So Southern Lakes helicopter pilot Ben Young, he reckons Sorry, he spotted one. He reckons he spotted one flying over Field and National Park. But by the time they turned the helicopter around to have another look, it had run off. Now he's previously worked in Canada, so he says he knows exactly what they look like. I wonder if Dwight Grieve was out there doing his moose call. There you go. I don't know. 
nothing to say about you got that. nothing to say. Right. Greatest run ever. How about we move on to that? So it's part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. Or a moose sighting. Or a moose sighting. Or a track race. Yeah. Or a park run. Could be 1,500 metres. Could be 1,500 metres. Might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason. Send it into us. Dirtchurchradio at gmail.com or via our social media. So this is from Joe Benbow. Or Bow. Again, the Bow. Bow. Joe Benbow, we'll go with that. I've been an avid fan and listener to all 80 of your podcasts run to date, but I've held off sending in my greatest run ever until now, and I'm glad I waited. After 20 years of running on roads, I was feeling my knees and needed to change things up. So this time last year, I set myself a rather arbitrary New Year's goal to try some trail running. I'll just say yes. we'll, we'll fast forward a bit, which you can, but you can read the whole thing on the website. But what happened is that Joe fell deep. Um, he joined up with Worm in Wellington. Oh, that's the first step uh, yes. down the... It's, it's in the handbook. The hole. It is. Uh, he ran... Wormhole. He ran the... Mar- ha ha. Hey. Ha ha. Hey. Uh, good one. Hey. Uh, watch out, you get a jingle. While running the marathon at Wu2K, he run ran the Topo 50 and then set his sights on the 102K at Tarawera. All right. So he says, I arrived with friends in Rotorua, feeling prepared and buzzing with excitement at the prospect of all these trail running geeks taking over the city for the weekend. Yet it turned into so much more than an ordinary running weekend. Starting on the Friday morning and with a stirring pōhiri, it was clear that this event was going to be something different. With the blessing by Ngāti Tuhurangi and Ngāti Rangatihi highlighting the cultural significance of the land we were going to run through. Shortly following this, oh. I did spot Eugene ducking into the Kiwi house at Tapuya, but was too starstruck to say, oh. what were you doing there? Oh, Probably hanging story. out with your other kind of self-effacing, it'd be your Patronus, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's self-effacing, right. a bit shy. Getting away. Likes yeah. a frolic yeah. in the streams. And and yeah, that's right. Uh, no, that was bad. Um, you what were you doing in the Kiwi house? <laughs> we were... F- <laughs> We were, trying to find come Zach. Up. <laughs> we were trying to find Zach and Steve Blackburn was leading uh, me, Suzanne and Francesca Canepa to try and find Zach. And I don't know how, I was just following him and we ended up in the Kiwi house. Right. But then it was really dark and I got separated from them and a little bit scared. <laughs> I was in there for two days. Anyway, then I'm so regist- you should have said hi, Joe. I might have, you might have saved me. Anyway. Then on registering and attending the expo, my shyness diminished and I got to meet two legends I'm truly inspired by, Lucy Bartholomew and Mal Law. The elite runners were happily, happy mingling, posing for photos and sharing advice. It really felt like a global running community coming together to party. Seven o'clock the following morning at Kodo, I hunted down Lucy again for a pre-race high five. Then we were off. The weather had turned in our favour with a cool breeze, cloudy sky and some dampness in the moody morning air. The first 30 kilometres flew by effortlessly as I chatted to runners, both local and from overseas, about their backgrounds, goals for the day. The trails were soft and I was running with ease. The next 10k through to the outlet aid station was passed by, passed by the majestic Tarawera Falls. They are majestical, yeah. fantastic, which were one of the highlights of the day. A place I'd never been to and probably never would have done if I hadn't become a trail runner. And a reminder that we are so lucky to be able to enjoy these moments. It was a no-brainer to stop and take some video footage, but it took a lot of willpower not to strip down and go for a swim in the crystal clear waters. Things became harder from there, and there was a long slog over technical sections for the next couple of hours. By this time, the hot afternoon sun was bearing down and my nutrition wasn't going to plan. I could no longer stomach the bliss balls, cliff bars or tailwind I had with me, and I was hanging out for the Okotaina aid station at 58k where I could try something else. I've been there there and done that. After what felt like an eternity, I emerged from the solitary forest to a cacophony of noise, cowbells and cheers from complete strangers. Two friends were waiting to clue and 
clue. Crew and pace for Vlad Shatrov, the leading 100 miler, and I had time to take me under their wing and get me refreshed and back on track. I discovered that ginger beer and watermelon, thanks for the tip Lucy, did the trick and they were my go-tos from then on. The poles came out and I powered up the steep Okatina hill and at that point I knew I was going to finish the race. It was just a matter of relentless forward motion. I got my second wind and was able to start running more and more and by the time I reached the Blue Lake at 86k I was feeling both physically and mentally strong. The final descent through the majestical redwoods was enriched by a beautiful purple sunset and moonrise over Lake Rotorua, and by the time my head torch was switched on at the last aid station, there was just 7k to go. By this point, I'd been on my feet for 14 hours, running twice as far as I'd ever run before, but feeling stronger and more alive with every passing kilometre. As I crossed the final sulphur flats coming into the finish chute, the adrenaline coursed through me and I sprinted across the line into the arms of Tim Day, who graciously welcomed every athlete arriving home. This goes down as my greatest run ever, as I was completely prepared for any eventuality. I could just relax and enjoy the moment, the surroundings, and the company. But it was so much more than a run. It was one of those multi-day experiences that I will always look back on fondly. I followed Lucy's advice to be smiling, eating, proud, embracing, and making memories. Finally, I looked back on all the wonderful athletes and trailblazers I'd heard and seen online, but finally got to meet in person. Those who have had and those who have and who do inspire me. Paul and Tim, whose leadership fueled such an amazing event, the volunteers who tirelessly gave of themselves to help others achieve their goals, and all the runners from the corners of the world who I got to meet and share this unforgettable experience with. Fantastic. Yeah. And he's put, What's the most important thing in the world? It is people, it is people, it is people. There you go. And he's also given us a link to his video diary, which we'll also put in the show notes. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. Please do some, come say hi. Yeah, never uh, be start. Yeah, you know. not with us. Cool. When Eugene's had a bottle, he's got a bottle of Frangelico in him, he's a bit sort of he's a bit snarky, yeah. but you know. That's probably why I was ducking to the Kiwi house. That's right. <laughs> Just right. Love the Frangelico. Right, John Ellis. Yes. Australian who's moved to Hong Kong in 2010 for business reasons. Yep. And then took it from there. Yada, yada. <laughs> no, sounds so funny. Yeah. yeah. As with most people, he, Hong Kong seems to be a place where you pass through, right? Yeah. Disparate people. Go he's arrived there. Yeah. yeah. He's discovered the um, you know bustling city's amazing network with trails. He stacked up a bunch of wins, including the Moon Trekker, Lantau Seventy, Green Power, and MSIG Hong Kong top twenty finish. At Finishes at the Hong Kong 100, UTMF and Ultra Trail Australia, as well as winning the China Skyrunning Ultra Series in 2016 and 2017, and finishing top 50 at the Ultra Trail World Tour in 2015 and 16. And 2017, 2019, <laughs> I'm so tired. No, I won, I won it in 2017. 2019, yeah. I won UTA. Mm, uh, he exactly. won the Asia Trail Masters Series. Also, on top of all this, he's co-founder of T8, which is running apparel brand that seems to be popping up everywhere and has a running store in Hong Kong called Gone Running. This was a really – I loved this chat. Yeah. Really it went off in it. all sorts of directions I yeah. didn't expect and I learned a lot about a place that I'd love to go and run. Absolutely. So, mm. right, John Ellis. Ditches Radio. All right, all the way from Hong Kong, it's John Ellis. Kia ora, John. How are you doing? Uh, g'day, Eugene. G'day, Matt. How's things? Pretty good, thanks. Down here. Thanks for coming on uh, Dirt Church Radio. Look, we we're, were talking off air before um, just about how it's taken a while from conception to actually getting you on the show. We really thank you for that. Uh, 
because it's pretty interesting times. How's it going in Hong Kong at the moment? Yeah, look, it's definitely yeah interesting times. Um, yeah, unfortunately, probably sort of bad interesting as opposed to good interesting. Um, you've obviously got this coronavirus, and uh, yeah, I guess in Hong Kong we're a little bit on the front line now, being next to China. But um, you know, I think things you know after an initial bit of panic and hysteria and you know, armed robberies of toilet paper trucks and things like that. I think we've settled into, a, I guess, a bit of a new normal. Um, you know, Hong Kong went through SARS in 2003, so I think the people here are pretty good at dealing with this and, you know, the numbers seem to be hopefully starting to plateau a bit. But, yeah, look, it's, you know, I think a, a lot of us uh, are just hoping that, you know, the world figures this out soon, we can contain it and, you know, fingers crossed that actually even, you know, moving into Northern Hemisphere uh, summer will will have a bit of a, a good impact as well. Mm. Did you say someone held up a toilet paper truck? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it just oh, we we had a run on all sorts of things here. Um, you know, face masks were the first to go, then hand sanitizers, uh, some of the long life shelf foods, uh, and you know, toilet paper was was out in terms of the supermarkets for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's happening. It's, here. it's happening here too, John. We yeah. we went. We shopping. haven't had armed robberies of them yet. No, we haven't had armed robberies yet, but there was no candles. There was no mm. – and we sort of didn't figure it out until we went through the the supermarket, through the checkouts and the very frazzled young checkout operator was like, yeah, no, it's coronavirus. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. But yeah. you guys – I mean, it's had a direct impact on, on the running scene as well, hasn't it? In terms yeah, of races being cancelled and way. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, look, you know, we've been – we've only had some protests for about six or seven months and – yeah, we had a few races, including some of the big ones, cancelled because of that. Uh, but then, since the coronavirus has come come through, you know, there's pretty much been a lockdown on on big public events. You know, with a lot of people gathered in uh, the same spot. There's a few races that are still going ahead, and you know, they're obviously taking the the right precautions. But you know, a lot of the races are just saying, you know, too hard. You know, we'll we'll either cancel it or we'll you know just defer it to when things are better. But the the response of runners has been interesting too. And I, I mean, I see that you did an unofficial. 100 uh, last week and um, Will Hayward ran well, – no, mm. that wasn't an unofficial run, was it? That was sort of sl- something slightly different. But but people are taking matters into their own hands, as it were, and just getting out there and running. Yeah, I mean, you know, races are one thing, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we love running and, you know, it's probably one of the safest places you can be from a virus point of view. So, you know, we, we can still get out and run. And I think you know, there's been a few races where, you know, the official events cancelled, people still want to do it. And so, you know, we'll, we'll figure out our own support. We'll bring a life straw or, you know, a bit of extra food and you know, we'll go out and try and do the run anyway. I was thinking about that today, actually, that how you said that conversely, you know, being a runner out on the trails is one of the safe, you know, talk about self-isolating, one of the safest places mm. you can be. I was thinking about that in Riverhead Forest today. I, I was like, what? I, yeah, if I was well or, you know, because I work in a hospital, um, if I needed to self-isolate, if I was well enough, I'd get out and run the trails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just go do a few loops of your nearest mountain yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> We don't really have mountains where mm. we live. It's more... Hillocks. Sort of gr- grumpy hillocks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got you've got mountains or at least very steep hills where you live. Hey, we do. Like they're not the world's biggest mountains. I think the highest one we have here is is Tymoshan and Lantau Peak. They're just shy of a thousand meters each. Um, but we've got a lot of topography here. You know, yeah. Hong Kong's not a place. You know, seven million people. Um, but pretty much anything that wasn't flat enough to build on. Uh, is a country park these days. So you have, you know, I'm looking out my window and, you know, I can I can run to the nearest country park in 10 minutes. So the convenience is a big tick. 
Um, but, yeah, lots of steep topography, some pretty wild trails, especially out on Lantau Island and up in the New Territories. So a pretty spot for choice here. Which is, I mean, it's it's fantastic. And I guess when you think of, you know, if, you, if you're not a runner and you, you think of Hong Kong, you think of the commerce, you think of, you know, the the bustling, the bustling city, the history and everything, but actually, you, you know, you're teeming with amazing trails to run as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we had Hong Kong 100 mm. a couple of months ago. You know, a lot of the overseas runners, when they come here, they're just surprised and almost amazed at that juxtaposition of these you know, huge skyscrapers and then some you know, really looming, you know, big hills slash mountains, you know, in the background. And it's, it's one of the great things that, um, you know, from a scenery point of view, that you just don't really get other places in the world. Yeah. When did it start? I mean, when did the, the trail running scene start in Hong Kong? Has it been something that's, you know, is it a holdover from colonialism and the 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 British and others that were there, or is it a relatively more recent thing? I mean, I think they've been having you know, sort of races probably for about 30 or 40 years, and, uh, you know, a few of the, the old sort of old hands from the trail running scene, guys like K.H. Chan and Keith Noyes have been organising races for, for about 30 years. Um, you know, the, the big one over here has always been the Oxfam Trail Walker, which is a team of four all doing 100Ks together, and I think that's its 31st year now. But it's really only been in the last 10 or, 10, 10 or 11 years where you know, things have really started to ramp up in terms of you know, the number of runners, the number of races, and just how big the community is getting. You know, I remember coming here in, in 2010, and in January 2011, I did the first Hong Kong 100. You know, that had, I think, about 150 people. Um, you know, it, was, it was the first time Hong Kong had had a solo 100K race. And then wind the clock forward to, to 2020. It's the 10th year anniversary. You know, had 8,000 applications for, oh. I think, 1,800 spots. And it's one of probably 20 sort of 100K or more races that you can do in Hong Kong solo now. Wow. Wow. That's phenomenal growth. That, that's a lot of – you're packing a lot into a yeah. relatively small What's driven that? Why, 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 these, you know, why the surge in interest in that decade? You know, I, th- I think you're seeing trail running you know, pick up and become a lot more popular all over the world, but in, in Hong Kong in particular, you know, when the trails are so good and they're so convenient. So you know, if you want to go do you know, a daily trail run you know, on, on the way home from work, so for example, I, I live two kilometres from my work. My work's sort of pretty central in terms of the CBD. Um, you know, I can walk two k's along the flat or I can sort of run up the hill, run across uh, come back down, you know, it's, you know, I can do a nice sort of 10K on some, it's probably 60, 70% trail. Um, and I don't really have to make any special efforts. So I think the, the convenience is, is a really big thing. And I think, you know, when you work and live somewhere like Hong Kong where, you know, it's just, it's so hectic, you know, you can you can be doing stuff from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day without even trying. Like to have that sort of just place to get away and just mm. to find yourself again, I think you know, a lot of people really appreciate mm. Well, I mean, it seems like a place where a lot of people pass through and a lot of very sort yep. of disparate, you know, cultures and everything like that. What, what brought you to Hong Kong? Because I'm hearing a bit of a Antipodean twang in your voice. <laughs> really? Well, well called. I mean, I've been I've been trying to hide it for the last ten years. You're, do, you're doing a terrible Clearly job, John. Not yeah. doing a good job. It's an so. awful job. You're amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> So you, um, yeah, I came up here in 2010 for a, for a job actually, and you know I I didn't you know I wasn't a trail runner at the time, and it's something that I've you know started since I've been here. It's uh, you know a lot of people come here for different reasons. Jobs is 
is one of the big reasons. Um, but you're right, you know, people come and go a little bit and, you know, I've said goodbye to some good friends in the last you know, year, or, year or two. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is, it is one of those places. So you, you grew up in Perth, is that right? Yep. Yeah, grew up in Perth and, you know, have lived in a few places in, over over the years in sort of Sydney, London, Vancouver and, and more recently Hong Kong. And was what was your you know what was your sporting background in, in Australia? I read that you sort of played a variety of sports. But, but yeah, I mean, sorry, yeah, did did a few things. Uh, did little athletics, uh, cricket, uh, football, as in soccer. Um, wasn't particularly good at any of them. <laughs> wasn't particularly fast, but you know, I always liked running, and and I found that you know the longer I run, the the less my lack of speed mattered <laughs> so i generally tended to, to like the longer stuff even from a younger age oh really so even at little athletics you'd be wanting to do two laps of the of the track rather than one with the yeah yeah teammates. absolutely it was a it was a long way <laughs> but we, uh, we made it yeah and, and it sounds like you know like having read some interviews with you and, and, and your bio you know you had a fairly tradi- well not traditional but you know you were involved in sort of the more finance finance aspect uh, in terms of your job, but then you, you've really diversified and you own a running store. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the day job and, you know, it's, uh, I sort of enjoy that, but um, I guess my real passion is running and, and you know, helping other people sort of get as much enjoyment out of running and, you know, being help, helping them to improve as runners. And so it was a natural progression, I guess, uh, and that's why when Gone Running uh, was formed um, sort of five or six years ago and I've got some great business partners there and then more recently um, set up a, a running brand called T8, which which focuses on you know technical running gear for for hot and humid um, conditions because you know we think a lot of the big brands don't really do it that well. Right, and and so I guess the, I want to focus on kind of the shop first because I think the it seems like the 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 little running store has gone the way of you know the little community record shop or the little you know bookshop community bookshop mm. right now yep. you get all these big box places um, which are fine but having that local knowledge that real community hub is kind of few and far between at least in New Zealand at the moment yeah i mean it's you know, you're you're right it's i mean it's not easy and you know hong kong's you know, an expensive place to operate as well because the rents are, you know, eye-wateringly high. But, you know, gone running, we've we've always focused on, you know, being runners first and foremost. And so, you know, when you're going out, you're going to go, go buy, a, I don't know, like a, a $200 US Salomon backpack. You know, I think, you know, the advice in that situation from someone, you know, who's used it, you know, who's used all the competitive, competing products as well and can give you some good advice, some good fit, I think that's sort of invaluable. And so we make a real effort to, you know, all the staff members sort of run themselves. They can give, you know, they they know all the products intimately. Um, and, and so I think, you know, people appreciate that. You know, we also make a really big effort in the community as well. We sponsor a lot of the races, a lot of runners. And I think, um, you know, the, when when people you know, make their purchasing decisions about, you know, whether they want to go to the big box or the community store, I think, you know, fortunately, um, you know, they, they want to shop with us quite a bit. And it, yeah, I guess it is. It's about that engagement, isn't it? Because I remember, you know, yeah, we've all been there. We've seen something, say, online, you know, and I think especially when hydration packs started getting big, eh, there was lots of people, and myself included, who perhaps went, you know, I'll buy this because this runner wears it, and then found myself sort of 
cut to ribbon. My yeah. left Clav- clavicle's never been the same. I wish I'd had someone to actually sit me down and talk me through it. But do you have a no- I, I imagine you've got a notice board with uh, drawing pins and bits of paper stuck in it with like handwritten notes with runs and group <laughs> runs, runs. And group yeah, runs yeah. And Please yeah, tell me you have one. Yeah, you know we do, and and actually we've 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 got a we've got our own running club as well, which we which we started a couple of years ago called the Gone Runners, and um, yeah, we're sort of up to about three hundred members there as well, and we've got about three or four group runs every week, and and so yeah, we're we're getting there. Brilliant. And what sort of running do you? I mean, one of the things that re- and we went for a run over Christmas with Will Hayward when he was here. We ran on the Tahinga Trail, and one of the things that sort yes. of intrigued both of us was the fact that. In Hong Kong, it's this, and it appeals to me too, like heaps, this mix of urban and trail. You know, yeah. like you could, and, and our friend Tom was telling us about the four trails eh, mm. and how basically there's this, he'd seen this documentary and these men and women yeah. running these beautiful trails and then getting a bowl of noodles from a, mm. from a kiosk and then keeping going. That, yeah. that juxtaposition is really enticing. Yeah, and it's it's one of the cool things about the trails here is they're they're just always changing. So, you know, you'll you'll be running, and you know, especially you know, out in Atlanta, you can be out in the middle of nowhere. It's you know, you can see islands, you can see you know some some awesome sort of you know, ranges of hills. Um, but then you run another five kilometers, and you sort of you, know, you can drop into a little sort of very local village. You can get get yourself some you know some spam and noodles, uh, and then you sort of go again. And yeah, I mean, you can really. You can, the self-supported stuff is a lot easier over here, uh, and that's what Hong Kong Four Trails is. It's basically 300 kilometres uh, self-supported because you do have, you know, a lot of little villages dotted around. You've got some vending machines here and there, and lots of streams. So, yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, and that being able to self-navigate and get between, and I mean, Four Trails is, is ugh, it's a. I want to swear. Something it's, else. It's quite something else. It's just a. Uh, it looks it messes with your mind. It looks and it's terrifying. And, and Nine Dragons as well. Mm. Another race that just is mind blowing. Yeah, I mean they're both sort of ridiculous. I mean, you know, Andre Bloomberg, who's the the challenge director, I guess you'd call him a four trails. He'd yeah. get upset if I called it a race because it's a challenge. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're both sort of ridiculous. Um, events, um, you know, Hong Kong Four Trails is basically the four big major trails in Hong Kong. Um, cumulatively, it's 298 kilometres. I think it's about 14,500 metres of elevation. And the idea is to do that within 60 hours. There's a bit of travelling time uh, between the trails. So your watch, uh, you your watch can, doesn't stop, does it? Even if you're on the ferry, if you miss the ferry, doesn't matter. You can't stop your watch, can you? You've got to, got to keep going. It's cumulative yeah, time. Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's a little bit of um, is it sort of you know, amazing race about that as well, where yeah, you, you know the the ferry timetable really comes into play. If you just miss one, then you sort of get backed up with the next people, and then you all start again. So that makes it pretty exciting. Yeah, and then tell us about Nine Dragons as well for people who haven't heard of it. Yeah, so Nine Dragons, um, there's a, a, a group um, called Race Base over here who do you know, some pretty interesting events. Um, you know, they're trying to do things a little bit differently to what we've already got. Uh, and so, yeah, they've got a bunch of races. Um, you know, Nine Dragons is a is a 50 mile and then a 50k the next day. Um, so combined, you it ends up working to about 140k's, and there's a lot of dirt in there. Yeah. Um, I think the race director Steven Carr is. I think it's a bit of a sadist. Um, <laughs> 
like he's um he, get, he gets a lot of pleasure out of you know seeing those tired broken bodies limping across the line yeah um before he gives them a sweaty hug uh but you know they, it's 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 an amazing uh amazing event uh they do a great job uh, you know race briefings they always get a lot of you know, some sort of big name international elites coming over as well and um you know it's a fabulous course um yeah. you know it's yeah, I, I was entered for it this year, and yeah, it got cancelled unfortunately with the the virus stuff happening. And yeah, a little part of me, you know, wasn't unhappy at that. <laughs> yeah. well, sorry, I was just going to say, sorry, forget the um, limping across the finish line. What about turning up for the second day? That mm. must, I mean, what? in a way, that makes it harder. If you run one hundred and forty k, if you run one hundred and forty k, you know, from start to start to finish, that's one thing. But having run so long the first day, and then Kind of letting your legs get, get beat up overnight, yourself, yeah. yeah, and then turn up the next day. That must be horrific. I think, yeah, really rough numbers. Um, yeah, a lot of people just yeah don't turn up on that second day because <laughs> yeah. you know, you've done fifty miles. It was a tough course, and you, yeah. you kind of feel like you've accomplished something. And then it's it's rough. You do turn up. You know, your legs aren't working, and you start at the same time as the fresh fifty k runners. And so the oh. the gun goes. They all zip off. So yeah. you're on the thing away. You're doing the them. hobble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it called Nine Dragons? Uh, so it's an the, yeah, that's a great name. Um, so basically, we've got Hong Kong Island where we are across the harbour in Kowloon. Um, the I guess it's called sort of Geelong, which means Nine Dragons, and so the whole range basically uh, has nine peaks. Uh, and uh, and so you know the the course takes you pretty much all, over all of those. I mean, the history of the place it, it intrigues me as well. I've, I've said that before, but running in that spot, I mean, mm. running anywhere is lovely, right? And running in a scenic spot is lovely. But running in a place like Hong Kong, which is such a crucible of human experience and, you know, you've got the Eastern tradition, you've got the Western sort of colonial tradition on top of that, it, it, it just blows me away thinking about it. Mm. it really yeah, and, and fortunately we actually get both hol- sets of holidays. Oh, so oh that's quite a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do they, I mean, the, the, you know, the, it's the Chinese Hong Kong residents or the more Han Chinese, what do they, are they in, are people engaged in running as well? Or do you get sort of people looking at you askance? Like, you know, what are you up to? It's 34 no, degrees no. and hundred percent humidity. No, they're, um, they're, they're out there and, um, you know, some of the best runners in, in Hong Kong are some of the locals. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're like the, the pensioners over here are really into their hiking. Um, you know, ah. I remember doing, I think, like the, the Lantau 50, um, you know, probably about four or five years ago. And this was when, you know, a lot of our courses were allowed to be a, a lot more sort of, you know, inverted commas off-piste. And we were going up this thing called Devil's Ridge, which is a really scrambly, rocky, you know, you sort of, you know, go one metre left or one metre right and you're dead, that sort of ridge line. I remember going up and going, this is the worst. Like, what are we doing? I, I hate this. I'd turn back if I wasn't 35 k's in. And then I came across this, you know, this group of 40 pensioners who were just walking up it. <laughs> so I punched myself, pulled myself together and kept going. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're out there and enjoying it. And, yeah, they're, they're a pretty hearty bunch. Wow. Being, being um... Is it that tradition of the, the, like the cultural revolution and the sort of the group think of exercising and the – I mean, if I'm overreaching, tell me. Am <laughs> I clutching at straws? You know, that kind of yeah. state-sponsored, let's get out for 20 minutes and do some exercise, everyone, that kind of thing? 
I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess it's just you know just being able to get away from the, you know, the hectic hustle bustle. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, you always you know, if you get out for a six a.m. run and you know there's a lot of them out on the trails just walking and you know with their sort of mini ghetto blasters. <laughs> oh, fantastic! What a way to express health in a positive manner through the lifespan. Eh? That's really cool. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And and actually, I don't know what it is, but. You know the the like the life expectancy over here has always been a pretty high number. I yeah. kind of think it's around eighty at the moment. So you know whatever they're doing, it's it's working for them. Brilliant. Well, and I mean we've talked a lot about the virus, but you know last year was upheaval as well with with the riots and so on. And I was kind of just curious as to what part that sort of exercise mentality. And I was thinking running, but obviously you know you've raised the more general population and, and the hiking. You know the, the sort of you know, we talk about the mental health benefits of getting out there and getting away, but at a, at a time like that, it must be even more important to be able to get away from things and just have some space. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, you know, with the protests and, you know, I've been from Australia and we have people visiting all the time. I think you know, with a lot of that, it was it was sort of quite localised and if you didn't want to be a part of it, you should just, it was quite easy to, you know, to, to not be there and, you know, a lot of that stuff was, I guess, you know, at night time or over the weekends. Mm. Um, you know, unfortunately, it was a, you know, it was a bit of a dark cloud and you know, just sort of hanging over the whole city. And I think, you know, I guess, a lot of people were just sort of dis- disappointed at sort of lack of engagement by the government. But you know, it's it is what it is. Um, and I think, you know, for everyone, we just sort of get on with it and you know, get on with the running. Yeah, Will actually again talked about the fact that he they organised a. Like a series of hikes, yeah, um, from the university. From the university, because there was, it was a, that was at one point it was the focal point of the you know, yeah. and people were genuinely frightened for lots of different reasons, you know, and so they they organised this these hikes above the, the university to bring sort of people together, they give a chance to talk and a chance to be out and about. It must it's an incredibly powerful again. It's that powerful juxtaposition, isn't it? Like trail running seems to be such a, or being out in nature seems to be at times kind of you know, friv- not frivolous, but it takes on a whole new meaning when there's actually a potential existential threat. Yeah, I mean, you just sort of get away with it. It just sort of grounds you, I guess. Um, you know, you just get to enjoy nature and the sounds of, you know, water running through the streams and, and everything else. And it just, it kind of just resets you and, you know, helps. You know, for me personally, you know, when I'm on a run, you know, after the first two or three hours, that's when I start to get a little bit sort of, you know, sort of zenny where, you know, I start to think about my life and what I'm doing and what's important and yeah, it just gives you that perspective. Mm. And I guess there's a little bit of, I mean, you know, this, so what was it, an unofficial Translantau, excuse my pronunciation, 100 that you did last week? Yes. Does, yes that is was it a little bit of, yeah. is there a little bit of a feeling of rebellion, you know, that you're, you know, it's a, a little bit of a rebel feel to it, to those things? Uh-huh. No, I mean, it was, this one was, was a little bit different. Um, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine, Nia Cooper, who, you know, she set herself this, um, uh, I guess, this Grand Slam challenge, uh, and this was the fourth of the, the 400K races. Uh, she, she, you know, done great, uh, and, you know, she, unfortunately she's, um, you know, her husband, um, Nick Tinworth, passed away mm-hmm. earlier in the week, so you know, it kind of took on a, a much bigger significance, I guess, and, you know, wanting to support her was was probably the main thing. Earlier um, in, as, sorry, yeah. earlier in the same week. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, and, and actually, like Nick was uh, was a really good friend of mine. Uh, he was 
you know, one of the, you know, the old school guys of the Hong Kong trail running scene. And yeah, like for all of us, you know, we, we all knew him. He was part of the race based crew who, who did Nine Dragons. Uh, there's a race called Country of Origin, um, which basically involves sort of three people uh, from the same country. You run together as a team, um, but you dress up as a team as well. And so, yeah, he organized that. He's the moderator of the Hong Kong Trail Running uh, Facebook page. And he's just, you know, for anyone who's been doing trail running in Hong Kong for the last 10 or 15 years, he's, you know, been a, I guess, a cornerstone of that. So, you know, we all took it pretty badly. Um, oh, but wow. for, for Nia in particular, I guess it was important to, you know, for her to sort of finish this given everything that happened. I know Nick would have would have loved to have seen her finished. And, you know, it was amazing. The whole community really got out. And I think you know, over, you know, near 100 Ks, there were probably you know, 50 people in total who, you know, in their own different ways, maybe running for a little bit or supporting, you know, got out to support her. And um, it kind of shows you the strength of that community we have here. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I my man. That's a real... Again, it shows that sort of close-knitness. Hey, yeah, the when, community. When someone passes. Yeah. Right? And I can only imagine, you know, you go through some stuff running 100K at the best of times. Yeah. Quite. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just... Yeah, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, yeah. it puts it into perspective. Mm. But what a brilliant way to, to, to honour him and, you know, to, to, to honour his memory. Yep, yeah. I guess it makes it you know, that much more significant and, 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 and pivoting towards that. I mean, talk to us about the refugee group that you um, support. It's called RUN? Yeah. So there's a refugee group called RUN over here, um, which is, I guess, led by a lady called um, Virginia Gothels. And um, she actually uh, was a survivor of the Hong Kong Four Trails this year. So you know, she's a, a pretty damn good runner in her own right. Um, but basically, you know, they will support you know, refugees coming into Hong Kong, uh, you know, because they've, you know, it, it's, it's not a great, it, it's a pretty, you know, crappy situation to be in. You know, they come over here, you're not allowed to work. You get, you get a, I guess, you get an allowance which works out to about, I think it's about $5 US per day. Um, so you and, you know, often they can be waiting for three to five years um, to get a result. Um, you know, the, the numbers are kind of stacked against them over here as well. And so, you know, they try and you know, sort of work with them, uh, you know, to help them with skills, to help them with, a, you know, a community of refugees uh, and just to, through running, just to sort of get them get them out there and you know, get them in a better mental space and um, you know, try and build that community. Um, so they, they do some. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Where's the main sort of refugee? Population where do you get people from. coming from? Where's the main, yeah, the diaspora? I think uh, a lot of places, but I, I think a lot of them are probably from, from Africa, I think, various places over there. Um, yeah, there's obviously a lot of unrest and, um, yeah, people still trying to get away. Mm. And, and uh, yeah. And so running is one way that, yeah, you can build those connections again, community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, as you said before, you know, sort of getting people out into the trails and just talking, you know, it, it's a pretty powerful thing. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what about your, um, yeah, the, let's talk about, you mentioned T8, um, which I've tried myself, the underwear, which is very well, helpful. He wouldn't stop, sh- he wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah, I wouldn't actually. stop showing that. <laughs> it was boring yeah. and, and horrifying. Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't stop showing <laughs> me. Sorry about that. But Sorry. I, I did. I did notice, and and maybe this is because you're you're called the naked runner. I don't know if that's the name you've given yourself or others have given you. That you know, there's there's not a technical top yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely didn't give myself that name. <laughs> just, good just good to clarify. To good to clarify. Yeah, 
and, and we um, should and we should clarify that you're not totally naked. Yeah, when you, you need run. to you, back that up with yeah, some yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the half naked runner. Yeah, half naked. I mean, I don't like tops. You know, Hong Kong. You know, it can be sort of fairly hot and humid, and um, yeah, I'm just trying to get us. You know, as cool as I can um, without, you know, without a top. But you know, having said that, you know, T eight we are working on a on a technical tee, and we're getting oh, we we're getting pretty close there. But um, yeah, for me, I just like to keep things minimal as possible, and yeah, hence, you know, with our Sherpa shorts, you know, we've got an integrated sort of uh, waistband pockets. So, you know, uh, actually, um, you know, we trans you know, the artificial Translantau one hundred. Um, I basically just did that with uh, with my shorts and no backpack on the weekend. Really. Wow. Yeah, you sort of get your bottles in there, get some gels, uh, your phone and a few other things and you're good to go. I actually can report to you that in the recent Tarawera 100-mile race, a guy I was running with said that he had carried three beers in his T8. <laughs> good man. Shorts. Yeah. Yeah. He, not not in that particular race. He he did he had some in a in a drop bag, but but he had been out Dougie, there you go. Uh he'd been able to carry some in his Sherpa shorts. So there you go. Put that on there the label. You go. People, yeah. people using it to their true potential. Yeah, living <laughs> their best lives. And That's right. Only That's last right. priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you specifically sort of incorporated you wanted to make it gear for running in humidity essentially didn't you yeah the idea is you know we're in hong kong and um you know it's hot and humid here and you know, we're just trying to make stuff that's really lightweight um you know it's sort of breathable it's it's sort of you know check free and at the same time just trying to make things that are a little bit different so you know we could go out and we could make another pair of shorts and you know it's it's kind of a little bit boring but you know with the sherpa shorts you know we wanted to integrate this waistband so you know if you want to go out you know for a you know, 20k training run, you know, you just bring the shorts, you don't have to worry about a backpack, and, and off you go. And then, you know, with the commandos underwear, um, you know, there were quite a few sort of design changes we made to some regular underwear, and the fabric we use is a specific sort of Italian material. Um, so we're just making things, you know, different to what's out there, just, just so it's going to work in these hot, humid conditions. They're so light. When they, in fact, when they turned up, because I got them posted out, so I got two pairs posted out to me, they arrived, and I thought, they've forgotten to put them in. The, the, oh, yeah. the package was so light. I was, huh. just, I, I, I was like, ah! Oh. It's arrived with nothing in it, and then oh. opened them up, and there they were. I was stunned. Anyway, yeah. But the, oh, it's, and the, and the T eight name, I was intrigued by that, and I read today it's to do with the tornado scale, uh, typhoon scale. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So um, you know, because we're sort of in the tropics, you know, there's a there's a typhoon season over here, and you know, the you know, the local bureau of meteorology has a, a has a scale of warnings. Um, T eight's it's not the biggest one, but it's the the most common big one, and it's the one where you get the day off work because it's you know it's it's a pretty big one. Right. And so you know, there's a bit of an, an aura around T eight, but for us, you know, the meaning is you know it's, it's sort of the worst conditions. You know, the Hong Kong can throw at you, and we want to make gear that that works in those conditions. Have you ever gone for a run in a T eight? And I'm going to preface this by saying that um, you shouldn't. And <laughs> I'm not really saying I'm not saying is it a good idea to go for a run in a T8? <laughs> Clearly, that's in the stem. But have you ever gone for a run in a T8? <laughs> yeah, like, and I, look, I'm, I'm not proud of this, and it, it might have been a really bad idea. But you know, we we had a, a T10 come through 
um, I think about 18 months ago and you know, being a T8 we thought let's get some photos with you know a, a T10 coming through it's going to be authentic and you know we got out on the trails and you know 15 minutes later just we decided like this was just silly you know, it was a stupid idea and and so we um you know we, we sort of went back and then you know as we were coming back I think four trees had fallen over and yeah <laughs> it, was, wow. it was not the smartest thing I've ever done um and so anyone listening, um, you know, don't go out and run in T8s. Uh, you know, it's, it's a T8 warning for a reason. That was a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> don't do this at home, kids. Yeah. And what is, I mean, exactly. we talked about, the, I mean, what is the weather you, you're looking at most of the, like, say, where you are now, what is the weather I mean, like? It's, it's seasonal, which is great. Uh, so, you know, in the winter it can get down to maybe 10 degrees, uh, and then in the summer it'll get up to maybe 30, 35 degrees. It huh. seems to be a pretty consistent eight, 70 to 80% humidity year-round. Um, so the cold tends to feel a bit colder and the hot feels a bit hotter than you expect for those temperatures. Oh, um, but, you know, we do have seasons. Right. Oh, so the humidity makes it feel colder. Because it's wet that, and cold. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it just you know, it helps to conduct the, the co- yeah. cold a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Hey, well, having clarified the most important thing about your running, which is you didn't give yourself the name Naked Runner, we, we want to talk a little bit about, about your running. And, you know, you've been talking pretty casually about it, but actually you're a damn good runner. What, you know, and one of your secrets is, one of your superpowers is, is your ability to pace yourself. Is that something you've always had? Yeah, I mean, it's, as I said, I mean, I'm not the fastest runner, so I guess I just have to be a little bit smarter and try and find those one percenters where I can. And and for me, just, you know, just pacing is, is probably one of the bigger things. And, yeah, it's just something I've sort of learned early. And, you know, you, you sort of running, especially some of these longer races, you know, the first half can seem really slow and you're well back in the field. But, you know, you guys would know as well, you know, by the time you get through to the last, you know, 30% of a race, everyone's getting tired and slowing down it becomes really mental and you know if you're still managing to keep a good pace and you're just overtaking a lot of people it's so good for your motivation mm. and so you're focusing less on you know how tired and crappy you feel but you know just the fact that you're overtaking people and it, it just it makes that last 20 30 k is actually sometimes even you know dare i say enjoyable yeah it can, give you, <laughs> can give you a bit of a boost can't it Absolutely. It's every time you pass a runner, it's like you just suck a little bit of energy out of them into you. <laughs> Give them a pat on the back. <laughs> just, and, and there we see the opposite of the whole community vibe, the yeah. feel-good feel vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, like I say, you, you, you're talking really modestly, but, you know, top 20 finishes at Hong Kong 100, UTMF, Trail Australia, you know, the, the China Sky Running Ultra Series victories. You know, you must be pretty proud of some of your achievements. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I had had a good few years. I mean, I'd probably be the first to admit that I've I'm probably sort of cresting that hill now. And um, you know, I'm 41 now, and you know, there's a lot of really good runners coming up. Um, you know, both in Hong Kong and and around the region. And yeah, you know, things get harder as you get a bit older, and you know, have a few more responsibilities in the family. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sort of happy with with what I've been able to accomplish. Uh, in the last in the last few years, and yeah, I guess a couple of years ago I got sixth Hong Kong 100, which yeah was probably my best run ever. And then you know last year the big focus was was this thing called Asia Trail Masters, which is mm-hmm. about you know, 30 races around Asia. It's a little bit like the the Ultra Trail World Tour, but just for Asia. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to to be able to win that. So 
yeah, it's you know, I, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, sort of looking back, I won't, I won't have too many regrets on the running side. I think. No, no, nor it, should you. It's really interesting to hear you talk about it because, for you know, in the golden time, say of trail and ultra marathon running and I'm thinking sort of the last sort of eight to ten years, you know, Born to Run comes out and it's really that kind of North American mm. focal point. Western States, you know, Leadville, Chris McDougall, Anton Kropitschka, Barefoot Ted, etc. etc. Jen Shelton, yeah. all this. But there's this other side that's, you know, perhaps less talked or traditionally has been less talked about, you know, the, the, the Asian scene. We've had guests on like Weston Hill who mm. are male backhousing who've been – Scotty Hawker Scotty loves Hawker, racing you know, in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In China. Yeah. Ruth Croft loves racing in China. Yeah. 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 In Asia, sorry. Yeah. So what was – Yeah, the, all, all fabulous race. Yeah, and, and, and such great racing by the sounds of it. Everyone raves about, about the races that are available and, and the variety of races that are available in Asia. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and there's so many different terrains and communities and, you know, and just even climates. Um, you know, they're all sort of different. They've all got their own sort of, you know, signature, I guess. And, you know, so last year I, I was lucky enough to do nine races, you know, Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines, you know, obviously sort of Hong Kong, Malaysia. Yeah, and they, they were all different, um, all different challenges, you know, for the, for the different ways. And, and so, you know, if you've got a chance to come up and, and race Asia, look, I, I'd recommend it. You know, the only thing is, you know, a lot of those places can be sort of pretty hot at um, certain times of the year, and you know that just you, know, you sort of need your um, your tactics on how you're going to deal with that because it yeah. becomes a major factor. Yeah. So just to make sure you take that into consideration. So, like, I mean, we all know, you know, the Hong Kong 100, and in fact, I think you know a few races in Hong Kong that everyone's familiar with. But if you were to recommend some races elsewhere mm. in Asia. What would you? I mean, obviously, Ultra Mount Fuji is another one, but Kim, what other races would you recommend that people might not necessarily think of in Asia? No, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I really like the the Cordillera uh, Mountain Ultra. Um, sort of only fifty k's. It's out of Baguio, um, sort of north of Manila, but it's just a, a beautiful, stunningly beautiful course. Um, you basically climb up to a a mountain's about two and a half thousand meters up. Um, you run along the ridgeline, and then you sort of pop back down again. But it's a really nice sort of community feel, and um, yeah, I really, really just enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, you know, over here, nine, nine dragons. Yeah. Um, you know, terribly difficult, but um, yeah, it's so well organized. It's got a great atmosphere, um, and just just wonderful scenery as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, sort of thinking elsewhere, um, you know, I think. Probably the Dalat Ultra in Vietnam was was awesome. It's sort of up in the highlands of Vietnam, so it's a little bit cooler. Um, but you know, she had some really cool trails, good organisation. Uh, yeah, and, and Dalat's just a beautiful place to go visit and, and take the family as well. Brilliant. There we go. Oh, goodness me. What is your What is your running at the moment? Are you you know you mentioned you're cruising the hill, but I imagine you're still you know. <laughs> Racing pretty I'm hard. I'm calling so. bullpucking on that one, actually. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what are you, you know, how, how much are you training? What are you aiming for at the moment? Actually, it's a good question. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I think, you know, the Hong Kong race seasons, it's usually called October through to April. And yeah. just given, you know, we're in March and the coronavirus is still here, I think, you know, the race season over here is probably done for the year. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's kind of thinking about, you know, what's beyond that, you know, because I had such a big year last year, I think 
you know, if, if I decided to try and do too many races, you know, traveling here, I'd probably get a divorce. So this year is going to be more of a family year. Yeah. But having said that, I think, you know, rather than the races, I'm just starting to think of a few, you know, other challenges that might be interesting as well. And you know, just recently, you know, been looking into, you know, sort of the Kokoda Trail and, and possibly you know, trying to do an FKT on that. It's uh, it's got a lot of relevance, you know, as an Australian. Obviously, mm. um, just what happened during the Second World War, and you know, it doesn't look like an easy FKT, but um, mm. it could be you know, quite a cool challenge. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great goal to have. Yeah, it won't be easy, but um, yeah, I'll just I'm going to try and work it up and, and see where we go with it. Brilliant. Well, one other thing I just want to talk to you about your running is you've been pretty vocal about getting serious in the last couple of years about strength work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something like, I think it just, it just helps to make you a little bit more bulletproof. Um, you know, throughout my, I wouldn't call it career, I guess, you know, sort of running life, you know, I've, I've had a lot of injuries and mostly they've been, I think on the tendon side. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, not being strong enough, in your muscles and then you know as things get tired you put a lot more pressure on your tendons and so you know since I've when I started to go from you know, you know decent runner to you know, starting to put podium and then win things you know, a lot of that coincided with doing strength work and you know, it just makes you a lot stronger on the uphills the downhills and you know just not being injured you know when you're doing you know whatever 100 to 120 k's a week and you know I've had periods where you know, you'll sort of race 50 Ks plus, you know, five or six weekends in a row. And you know, when you can do that, your body sort of can hold up and, you know, can, it makes you, you know, really strong. And, and so for me, that was, you know, one of the great sort of secrets to, to unlocking it. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to be sponsored by uh, Joint Dynamics, which is a physio over here. And, you know, they've got some great physios that really focus on trail running. Um, you know, I get a lot of eye rolls <laughs> when I go in there occasionally. Like, what have you done now? Yeah. But, um, but, but it, it def- it's definitely helps me in terms of, um, you know, just trying to make yourself a bit more bulletproof and, you know, just, um, yeah, just being able to, to do silly stuff and, and not break yourself. So it's running specific strength work. You're not just, it's not just chucking weights around. You're actually doing specific work. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep, a lot of it's sort of, you know, dynamic movements and plyometrics and, and yeah, a lot of these things which, yeah, they're kind of weird movements but they're things that, you know, you can relate to a running gait mm. and so they're going to help you at different points during that sort of, you know, during during your running and, yeah, it's it's, um, it's really helpful for me. Brilliant. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to – I'm still taking in you running 40 and 50K yeah. races. Is, 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 that, is that just because everything's so central? You, you know, you've got such a high frequency of races and everything's kind of – I imagine, like you said, you know, you're you getting in the tube or you, you, you're getting on a bus or whatever and getting to these races and just smashing it out and then going home. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just spoiled here. Um, you know, with the growth that's happened, you know, in the guts of our trial running season, like you can probably do four or five races – yeah, except for the fact they overlap, but there's four and a half, four or five races, you know, most weekends for six months of the year. Wow. Um, and so, you know, there's there's people who I remember there's, you know, there's one weekend where you can do the 50k moon trekker on the Friday night, and then you go do the rally challenge, which is I think 78k's on the Saturday. Then you go do the MC Glantow 50k's on the Sunday. Yeah, there's a couple of guys who've actually done that. Wow. Um, but you know, most weekends, you know, you've got to make a choice about what you want to do, and you know, all of all of these races are generally, you know, within an hour of travelling. So you, you can you know, get up in the morning, go do them. You know, depending on the distance, you know, maybe you're done by early afternoon, and you, know, you get on with whatever. 
It's wow. um, yeah, we're really spoiled over here. Is it tribal? Do you get like different sort of you know zealots for different races? <laughs> uh, I think people are pretty open-minded about stuff. That's you know, good. Um, yeah, like there's yeah, there's a, probably about you know, maybe five or six main organising groups, and you know, in the main, everyone gets on pretty well. I'm not trying to like uncover any like HKB for anything. <laughs> it is, but I guess it's that thing, isn't it? It just again, it takes my point. It's this fascinating scene, mm. a relatively, relatively small area, lots of it, tons of races, millions of people. Yeah, you know, and this huge kind of scene. Yeah, so exciting. It's, it's, and it does, eh? It's it's that exciting kind of yeah, that vibrance. I'm that, very jealous. Yeah. What's mm. your go-to? Yeah, well, you know. if, if you were going to eat, uh, do a long like. I don't want to know about like sports food, but like your go-to street food that you would eat on a, you know, a long run or during an ultra. Um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm just a, I like to keep it simple and um, you know, and easy on my gut. For me, I'm just I'm a tailwind guy. Uh, oh. I love the fact that I can you know just I can drink my calories. Um, you know, it's one less thing to organize to to have to think about. Um, and then you know, if if I'm coming up to a big hill, I might sort of top it off with a with a caffeine gel. Um, yeah, just keep it simple. Um, and the, I guess if it's anything over ten hours, the stomach tends to start feeling a little bit hollow. So I might just you know grab some solid food from the checkpoint, and I'm, my stomach's usually pretty easy going. On you know, it takes whatever I give it. Very good. I had romantic notions of like a street food yeah. thing, but noodles and spams. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you you can, you know have braces where you do that, and. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do it necessarily for the short, short, faster stuff. But no, half no. marathon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no. it, can, it can really hit, <laughs> hit the spot. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually just saying. Actually, you know, I remember like a Hong Kong 100 is probably five or six years ago. There's a, yeah, one of the one of the really strong local runners, a guy called Ying, and it was just crazy. It was in Hong Kong 100. We ran together, kind of for the last four, three or four stages. But he'd run a little bit faster than me. He'd get to the checkpoint. He'd have his sort of, you know, his noodles at the checkpoint. I'd run through, you know, fill up my bottles, go. Then he'd overtake me again. Then he'd stop and he'd have his noodles at the next checkpoint. It was yeah, just interesting how people approach these things differently. Wow. That was his go-to nutrition. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh. and it worked. Very good. All right. Well, yeah. And then you've got Dougie carrying his double brown. So there That's, you go. Each and to his own. Each and to his shorts. Own. Yeah, and his shorts. Yeah. Right. Each to his own. All right. Well, well John, we, we've taken up so much of your time. We really appreciate it. It's a great insight. I feel like um, you should be sponsored by the Hong Kong Tourism Authority. Cause That's I think, right. It's going to be, a, a, a you know, once coronavirus notwithstanding, everyone will be ready to travel up to Hong Kong and and do some of these amazing races. Thank you. So, look, we, there's one question we ask everyone, and I think you might have answered it during it, but feel free to stray, and that is, John Ellis, what is your greatest run ever? It doesn't have to be a race. It's just a, a run that you, you know, really remember fondly. Oh, that's a really hard one, isn't it? Um, mm. oh, I mean... I think it's probably Nine Dragons, um, 50-50 a couple of years ago where, yeah, it was you know, just a tough race. We had a, you know, some a really strong field, a couple of sort of elite Japanese runners in particular and, yeah, just being able to, you know, A, sort of win the first day in terms of the 50-miler, but, you know, two of them, um, sort of uh, Kazafime Uze and um, Keita Kobayashi were both ahead of me on that second day and you just – you didn't really know if they were ahead by enough to be able to overtake you. And I just ground myself into the ground just to be able to sort of 
get to the finish line as quick as I could. And, you know, I was absolutely broken in pieces. I had a little cry at the end. Um, but that was probably my my best run, I think. Brilliant. Wow, yeah, what a, what a memory to hold on to and, and uh, what an achievement. Congratulations. So, John, if, if people want to investigate your typhoon-proof shorts and that you don't recommend that you actually run in a typhoon in them, and we understand no. that, <laughs> where do people find you at? Yep, so, I mean, we're, we're online, so uh, keep it easy. We're, we're at uh, www.t8.run. Um, and, you know, if... Uh, yeah, look, you know, we're, it's free shipping globally. Um, you know, we'll get it anywhere in the world. And, you know, we'd love to help you out. And, you know, especially if you're in these hot or humid climates or if you're running, you know, just anywhere, even if it's not hot or humid, you know, we think there's a lot of thought that's gone into these. They're sort of built well. And but we, we get a lot of value and a lot of use out of them here in Hong Kong. And, um, yeah, we have other people do too. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. No, no, thanks very much, Eugene and Matt. It's been a pleasure being here on Dirt Church Radio. Right. So, as the man says, even if it says TA on your shorts, don't get a typhoon, really. Don't do that. Don't do that. I've done it. Um, what? Not in a typhoon, but I have gone out. I've gone out mountain biking once when the forest was closed at Whakarewa, to my shame. Right. And we snuck out there, and within about 20 minutes, realized, oh, they've closed this for a reason. This was no place to <laughs> be. This was the place to be. Right. And promptly GTF out of there. Yeah. Um, yep. so, so, yeah. So don't do that. Don't do that. We do have to get up to Hong Kong to run up there. Yes, we will. I will. One day. Uh, right. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. Email dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all sorts of places. <laughs> what? I was just spacing out there. You, you kind are, of like the natural pause. I was looking at right. it. You go back to sleep. There we go. Uh, you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com and where you can go to read the greatest runs ever and other stuff that we've got there. And also, if we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Also, if you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible and for that, we need your help. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. Don't say it to us or we'll make you do it and we'd love to hear from you. Sorry, stop playing with the bloody thing. thing Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Spring Energy and CLE. And thank you to our Patreon. Patrons. Patrons, yes. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. We've got a really great guest lined up for you next week. So we do. tune, tune in. in. Kakite. Kakite. Oh, and those live shows, don't forget those. I'm going to take this off the mic now, so I need right. to play that again. Kakite. Thanks, Rippy. <laughs> <laughs>